Good day. This is Kenyut Exploration. I am Dr. Kenyut White. Today we'll be talking to a very special guest. However, I'd just like to take this opportunity to greet those persons who have been listening to, to me for, for you know, the longest time on your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, those persons from UK, I get to understand, um, Ukraine, Jamaica, naturally, United States, naturally, Guyana, Ghana, Spain, Germany, those persons down in Switzerland, Cayman, and uh, other parts of the world, other parts of the Caribbean region, um, welcome. Those persons watching us live on YouTube, welcome. Look, it's important that you watch us as often as possible. However, you should subscribe, rate, comment, and importantly, share, share, because we are spreading our Kenyut exploration, empowerment, inspirational stories, and we want everybody to be able to understand what's going on, to hear how to make their lives better. I'd like to introduce to you my guest today, who is from the United States, but is a, a, a man of God, is spiritual. But one thing I'd like to, to say, though, a lot of times we strive to get into a particular situation. In other words, we study hard, we work in order to, to most of us, get rich, right, to be able to perhaps be comfortable, be prosperous. And it's really our ideal self. It's where we want to go. And I believe that we are working so hard and our ideal self, where we want to go and miss who we are, where we are at now. So, in other words, we miss where we are at, miss the, the situation that we're in now, and strive for where we want to go. Something is wrong with that. Our guest today is going to enlighten us as to how to find that, that true self instead of the ideal self, because the ideal self, as I said, is what we would want to be, and the true self, the real self, is where we are at now. So I'm going to introduce our guest to you, my guest to you on Kenyut Exploration, your topic in the podcast. I'm Dr. Kenyut White. The guest is Rich Lewis. Rich Lewis. So let's let me let Rich in. Rich Lewis. <laughs> hey, I like that first name. I like that first name. <laughs> So do I. And I guess my parents did too, or they wouldn't have named me that. So th thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Is it prophecy? I'm sorry? Is it is a rich prophecy? They're prophesying that, okay, my son is going to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> that could be okay. the case. That could be the case. I'll ask them after the show. Okay. That's okay, Rich. What I want to find out though a bit, Rich, um, tell us, who is, who is rich? We talk about rich. Who is Rich Lewis? Let, let, me, let me say that properly. Who is Rich Lewis? Let, let's, let's hear that. Sure. Um, rich Lewis is a um, 55-year-old man that practices centering prayer, <laughs> um, which we'll talk about on the show. Um, right. uh -huh. rich, uh, rich Lewis is married to uh, my wife, Trina Lewis, since 1993. I have... Um, Three children, a 24-year-old son, a 19-year-old daughter, and a 13-year-old son. Uh, 
and I have two uh, two dogs, two golden doodles. My, right. my wife loves dogs, so that's part of the deal with being married. She wanted two dogs, and I love the dogs too, quite <laughs> frankly. So I'm, yeah. I'm a, a happily married man with, with blessed with three children, um, and happy to share you know, centering prayer with your community uh, today. Yeah, I appreciate that, Rich. I, I I love to put my guests on the, the spot. Tell us about your childhood. Who, who was Little Rich, so to speak? Little Rich. Um, what will I? What shall I tell you? Um, Little Rich played soccer as a youngster, so I, I, I played five or six years of soccer. So I, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, Little Rich enjoyed playing. I, I lived. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I currently live in Pennsylvania in the United States, but um, Rich grew up. Loved playing with the kids in the neighborhood, so we we were always outside playing. Um, this was pre-internet days and and social media and and phones and all that kind of and cell phones and all that kind of stuff. So we were outside playing a lot and playing a lot of out at night. We played a game called Freedom, which was kind of like a hide and go seek game, and the whole neighborhood would get involved. And we and we we probably played it in three or four. The whole block we was kind of our hiding place and one team would be it and one team would be hiding so little rich loved playing games at night uh with with friends as well so we spent a lot of time outside as well so that's a little bit about some of the stuff i did soccer and a lot of act outdoor activities with with the neighbors a lot of kids and a lot of friends in the neighborhood and a lot of fun times mm -hmm. soccer why soccer you you you're you're born here in the united states and you, why soccer and not football? Talk to us about that a little. Yeah, I don't know how I, I'm trying to think about how I was introduced to soccer. I don't remember other than I, I didn't play football, you know, like National Football League football. Yeah. I, I played you know, soccer, like the European right, soccer. Yeah. Um, I don't remember why, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed the game and I, I think I had enough friends played it. So, I don't I, football. I guess I was afraid of getting hurt in football, but <laughs> soccer um, was not afraid of being hurt, and it was a fun game. So I enjoyed playing it, and I, right. and I played it for five or six years in, um, in different leagues in, in our area. Right, and for those of you who are listening and watching, um, when we say football, we mean American football. You know, in the Caribbean and in you know in in, in the, the the British and you know. Commonwealth nation, we call football soccer. So, so there's that sort of challenge. But we are talking about American football that we call rugby. I think in 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 the in the, um, the, the the Caribbean, right? So when you hear we talk about that, that's what we mean. Rich, you're an author. I want to go into rich as an author. No pun intended here. So how did I become an author or, or how did that happen? Um, how did you become an author and tell us about your books. I'd like to jump a bit in your books, even though as we go through the interview, you'll be talking a lot about your book because you'll be talking from your book in most cases. But tell us a bit about your books and um, you as an author. Sure. Um, I was challenged to write the book by a gentleman by the name of Amos Smith. So actually to take a step back, I had always been attracted to silence. I just didn't know what to do in the silence. I had read a lot about in silence in 2010, 2011, books by a gentleman by the name of Carl McCullman. And he talked about how powerful and transforming silence was 
but he didn't have a, I don't remember him sharing a practice, but then I, I, I was reading, I was stumbling, not stumbling. I was looking, perusing Amazon, looking for a book to read in late 2013. And I found a book called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots by Amos Smith. And in his book, he talked about two things that struck me. He talked about centering prayer, which was a practice you can do in the silence. And he talked about what he called the Jesus paradox, that Jesus is God and human at once. So I reached out to him on his website and really just began an email dialogue. And we we actually formed a friendship. And to this day, we, we continue to be friends. But Amos is actually the one that challenged me to write this book. He had written... Um, one book and he was in the midst of writing a second book and he thought i it would be interesting if i would share my ideas regarding centering prayer um since his book was a little more academic in his opinion so amos is the one that challenged me to write my book back in 2014 so i, I took him up on the challenge and began writing the book over a couple of years saturday mornings i spoke to my wife and said are you okay if i write a book I, I, and she yeah. said, yes. So I started writing the book Saturday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. in the local Starbucks is really how the book got written. But okay. it, was, it was Amos's fault. He's the one that told me to write the book, and I took him up on it. It was I, kind of surprised me. It came from left field, but I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try it. I've never written anything of any length, but I'll certainly try it. And I, I wrote one chapter. Um, well, actually, what he did was he said, go off and, and just write some key points, yeah. key questions that you have and come back to me. So I did that. And he said, there's the chapters of your book. Now go write your book. <laughs> well, I, I thought he was a little bit crazy. So I picked one of them and wrote a chapter and then kind of passed it to him to get his thoughts to see if he thought it was any good before I went any further. And he, to my surprise, he came back and said he thought it was fresh and had a neat perspective. And then at that point, it dawned on me that well, maybe I really can do this. And, and I decided I'm going to discipline myself and write and take at least once a week, three to four hours, early yeah. Saturday morning and write the book. Um, and I didn't want to take time away from my family. So that's why I wrote it so early. I wrote it, you know, as I said, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., 10 a.m. on Saturdays while everybody was still sleeping. So when I came back, I could continue the weekend and have fun fun with the family. So that's how the book got written over a couple of years. It's at Starbucks, and it was Amos who nudged me to write the book. It wasn't something that I probably never would have even thought of writing a book. So I, I'm so thankful that he did nudge me to do it and help me through the process. He, he kind of mentored me through writing a book and editing it and then mm -hmm. reaching out to publishers. So that's that's really how I found Centering Prayer through his book. And then the book was as a result of him challenging me to write a book because we just had created a nice friendship. Yeah. And he thought I had some neat ideas that I ought to share with, with people in a book. Mm -hmm. and, and it was successful, right? And um, those of you who would go on um, that www.silent, um, what's the website? Uh, the Silent website is... Silence teach yes, so silenceteaches.com is, is my website. Right. And if you subscribe to the website, you will receive his free book, right? Center in prior ebook. Once you subscribe to the website, don't forget that. 
Tell us, Dorich. Silence teaches us who we are. Talk a bit about that. Sure. Um, well, actually, why don't I explain what centering prayer is, and that'll help explain okay, how, how, okay. how silence teaches us who we are. So the right. name of my website is Silence Teaches Us Who We Are. So centering prayer is, is a form of silent, wordless prayer. It was actually created in the early 1970s by three Trappist monks, so three Catholic priests, and they created it at a reaction to – at that time, they saw a lot of transcendental meditation happening, and they thought there, there needs to be something for Christians to do. So they created Centering Prayer in the early 1970s for priests, and then they began rolling it out to everybody else. Um, and then actually they created in 1984 the Contemplative Outreach, which is a website, and that's really the main centering prayer organization, which now is really international. It, it's, so if you go to that website, you could actually find groups that practice in the U.S., groups that practice internationally um, all over the world. So it's, it's become more international, obviously, oh, yeah? since, okay. since it was created. Mm -hmm. And then so centering prayer, as I said, is wordless uh, silent prayer. So it's really two things. It's, it is meditation, but it's also a relationship with God because what you do with centering prayer is open to the presence and actions of God within you. And then how you do it, it really has four guidelines, four steps. Mm -hmm. You sit, you sit comfortably, close your eyes, and then interiorly, you introduce a, what's called a sacred word to begin your practice. So usually it's one, two, or three syllables. So the, it could be the word, uh, ocean, a color, God, Jesus. You would kind of select a word. And yeah. then so you begin the practice sitting comfortably, close your eyes, introduce this word interiorly. And then whenever you engage your thoughts, and what I mean by that is whenever you begin planning what you're going to do after your sit, or yeah. you're thinking about what you did before your sit, you reintroduce that word interiorly to let go of any of these thoughts and emotions and planning or plotting that you're doing and letting go of it. And, and it's a continuous posture of opening to the presence and actions of God within and letting go of all of your random thoughts um, that are going on and you do it when needed so it's not a mantra that you do you you think over and over again because there are some forms of prayer that use a mantra in centering prayer you just use it when needed okay and, and you do it whenever needed and you do it during the duration of the prayer so if you're going for 10 minutes you do it when needed during the time you've decided to sit for 10 minutes but that that's essentially how you do centering prayer and a little bit of the history of you know, how long it's been in existence and how it was created and that it's meditation, but also mm -hmm. a practice of a relationship with God and opening to the presence and actions of God within. Yeah. There's a thing we call in psychology. Um, there's a thing we call in psychology flow. Flow is basically we, we just basically dismiss everything in our mind. And, and concentrate on one thing, right? So in other words, we place all that energy on our activity. How would you align flow with center and prayer? Um, I, I guess you're getting in the flow of the present moment. 
So you're you're okay, using yeah. that word to bring you back to the. So you're really letting go and clearing your mind. So you're really clearing any clutter in your mind and coming back to the present moment. So you're not thinking or meditating on anything. You're it's really an emptying. So it's a practice of emptying the mind of all thoughts and emotions and, and any clutter that are going on in it and opening to the present moment uh, and opening to God at the I present moment. Sorry about that. We were having technical issues. You know, during the pandemic, there is a, a challenge with the internet, especially when there are many persons using the, the system in any one area, you will have this sort of situation because of the influx of people using the the internet at any one time. And um, we realize that we are having some serious challenges now where that is concerned, but we, we try to fix it. Let's go back to Rich Lewis. We'll continue from where we left off. He was talking about centering prayer and the fact that it's all about being silent, it's sort of a, a meditation thing. Right, right, Rich, you're hearing me, right? Yes, I can hear you. So it, it's, it's meditation mm -hmm. and the practice with God, and it's really letting go uh, of th your mind and all your thoughts and emotions and, and just letting go of, of all your thoughts and emotions and opening to the presence and actions of God within. Right. And so you're, you're trying to stop your thinking or let go of your, th it's hard to stop your thinking, but you're trying to yeah. let go of all of your thoughts and emotions. So during this time. Oh, it, it, it's, 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 um, I, I was trying to, to tie it in with, uh, with, with this thing about flow and you're explaining that. You're saying that's not a good analogy? Um, it depends what you mean by flow. I mean, I, I guess. Okay. That my, so, my meaning of flow is that we, we just flush everything out of the mind and just concentrate, being, being geared, focused on what we're doing at that particular moment. It's similar. So you, you are okay. trying to get in the flow, but I guess you're trying to get in the flow of opening to God and opening okay, to the right. opening to the present moment. So the, the, right. the objective is not to think anything. It's you're, oh, you're not oh. to focus on anything. You're supposed to let go of all of your thoughts um, outside oh. of the practice. It certainly helps you get in the flow. So if you think about it, like centering prayer, you, you're letting go of all your thoughts and emotions. Well, outside of centering prayer, the practice seems to help you let go of things that don't help you so you can get into the flow and focus on the tasks in front of you that are important to you at that moment. So it does help mm -hmm. you get in the flow yeah. um, outside. Of, and it has, has helped me get in the flow of what I need to do outside of my practice. Ah, oh, interesting. I, I love it. I love it. So, Rich, you are saying then, Silence teaches us who we are. Is that basically saying that once we get into centered prayer, we start to discover self? Yes. So centering prayer helps you connect to your true self, the person God wants you to be. So 
with the practice, because you're letting go of everything and letting go of your thoughts and your planning and your plotting, um, mm-hmm. you're opening to God. And I think of it as a reverse prayer. God is praying in me at this time at a yeah. deeper level, at a very deep level. God is praying in me. So you're connecting to who is this person that God wants you to be and letting go of all the thoughts and emotions that have nothing to do with that. So I guess centering prayer, I, I seem to get inner nudges outside of the practice. I notice inner nudges of actions I should take and things I should be doing, or I even just get a, you know, a better sense of inner peace and inner calm um, and, and confidence and, and wisdom for tasks outside of the practice you know, as a result of the practice. So it, the practice helps you kind of ascertain who who is your true self. So for me, I mean, it has helped me yeah. determine what steps, what actions I should take. And, and, you know, since I've been practicing centering prayer in 2014, you know, I'm a much different person. So I, I have my website, Silence Teaches, which is something I wasn't even thinking about doing prior to centering mm-hmm. prayer. Mm-hmm. And I, and I have a, a book that I wrote that I'm sharing with, with people because I think this practice can help, you know, transform and heal people as it has me. I teach, you know, in local, in my local community, as well as on the internet community, you know, centering prayer to groups and individuals. And, and I do some one-on-one coaching with people and help them either start a practice or go deeper in their existing practice, or even try to figure out who, who is their true self? What does God want them to do uh, in in this world? What are are the things? And the true self is not an end point. It's a journey. So that's the neat part is it's, it's, it's a continuous journey uh, of who who are you and what should you be doing while you're alive, you know, on this beautiful earth? <laughs> it, do you think, though, um, Rich, that we sometimes fight this this um, identity? Let me let me clarify that. Hypothetically, I am doing center in prayer, and I discover self eventually. I suspect it has to be doing it over a period of time, right? I discover self. Is it that often we fight that discovery? We tend to, to push it aside even though we know, know who we are and what God wants us to do? I would say we do. I mean, some of it might just be fear because we might have some insights of things we should be doing. So, for example, I, I could have ignored the idea that I should be writing a book and pushed it aside. Mm-hmm. I could have ignored the idea that I should be doing a pot, you know, this show with you. I, I could ignore right. the idea that I should be coaching people. I, I could ignore the idea that I should try to teach it mm-hmm. and help others learn, you know, how they can discover their true self. So I, I think people do push th- their true self aside and it's probably main, probably because they're, they, they're afraid. They either are fearful that no, maybe I'm not good enough, and and I and I don't think I have what it takes to do this, or they're just worried or anxious that they're not the right person to do this. When the reality is, those inner nudges were put in you in you by God, and you just need to trust God that God will be with you as yeah. you move forward and take action on your true self. So your true self can be scary to live in because you're sort of venturing into uh, new territory and, and you're getting out of your comfort zone, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. You sh- your your true right. self gets you out of your comfort zone and that's a good thing. That's not a mm-hmm. bad thing. Your true self gets you out of your comfort zone. It certainly but, does. But Rich, 
and hypothetically again, I love to be in my comfort zone. So, so why do I want my true self to get me out of that zone? I would say it's, you're not going to grow if, if you I think that the best way we learn, the best way we grow is to get out of our comfort zone. And, and I'll, I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. I, just recently, I've you know, with my book, I've been doing Zoom book studies um, chapter by you know, each session is just one chapter of my book. Well, I was scared to do that. And, and this is me scared to do this. The book launched in August of last year, and I, in my mind, I thought I ought to do Zoom sessions, it, invite people to them, and just chapter sure. by chapter talk about each chapter and, and just talk with people and, and share, see what they liked about that chapter and ask them questions. So me talking, but me also listening to them. I was scared to do that. That was outside of my comfort zone. I finally decided seven weeks ago I'm going to do it. And I put Zoom on my computer and I announced that I'm doing it. And lo and behold, people started coming. So that that was outside of my comfort zone eight weeks ago, believe it or not. It's no longer outside of my comfort zone. I, I pushed and nudged myself to get out of my comfort zone and share my book that way, which I was scared to do, you know, eight weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. You know, Rich, this thing about center and prior is, is, is very important. I I understand what you're saying, and I'm sure the listeners on Kenyut Exploration, your topic in the podcast, would basically understood. But but my thing is that if during center and prior, I'm just going to meditate. Many persons in evangelistic persons, many, many Christians would say, hey, I have to be talking to God. I have to be saying something for God to quote-unquote hear what I'm saying. What do you think? Well, I would say, first of all, you know, centering prayer is one way to pray. So if you have verbal prayer, don't give that up. You know, continue to do that. Practice your verbal prayer. But also try centering prayer. It's just a different way to pray. Silent mm -hmm. prayer actually goes all the way back to Jesus. I mean, if you, you, you'll yeah. see you know, in the in the Bible, Jesus went off alone to pray frequently. A lot of times, and we don't we we don't surmise he was always babbling on and on and talking to God. We think he was silently sitting with God. And they and it's mentioned that he fasted in the Bible, so mm -hmm. he certainly had to conserve his energy. So he wasn't talking and bouncing around while he fasted. He was he was being very conservative with his energy, and he probably wasn't talking. So mm -hmm. we believe Jesus practiced some form of silent prayer. So silent prayer goes all the way back to Jesus, and then it really has a long, rich history in Christianity that people aren't really aware of. Eastern Christianity yeah. um, has a lot of silent prayer in it. It's Western Christianity that does not. So I think it's kind of a hidden, hidden secret or a hidden gem um, that it, it is a real and rich part of Christianity that people just are not aware of. So I would just encourage people to try it, but don't stop your other forms of prayer. And I pray verbally to God as well. It's, I don't always pray. So it's just during centering prayer, you're not verbally talking to God. You're just sitting with God and letting God pray. I think of it as a reverse prayer. God is praying in me. So yeah. I encourage. So that's what okay. I, I just encourage people to try it, but continue your other forms of prayer by all means. Don't stop your other forms of prayer. Yeah. It's just complements it and enriches your your prayer life. Yeah, interesting. I have dabbled a lot, you know. Well, to some degree in theology and so on. But um, my thing is that do you 
do you subscribe to the the, the tribune the, the father son and the Holy spirit thing let me ask that first yes yes okay fine and if, and in fact okay. uh, some i guess the centering prayer you know the, the people that founded centering prayer think of it as the holy the you know the, the trinity is is an opera is in you praying in you and that's a paradox and it's hard to understand but that's mm -hmm. they speak a lot of that it's the really the trinity is is yeah. acting with within you during yeah. centering prayer so yes yeah. yes cool so so my my question to you um as follow-up is that this, this thing about the, the holy spirit um praying for you you know when you're, you you know there's a, a scripture in the bible that 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 speak about that the groaning and the groaning and the Holy Spirit actually praying for you. Can you talk about that for a while? You may, if if you may. Yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of what happens, I guess, during centering prayer. Okay. You you you're you're not praying, and and the, and the Spirit is is praying in you, and that's and that's okay. kind of a nice that's a nice thing about centering prayer, and that's what mm -hmm. also attracts me to centering prayers. I don't need. To worry what I'm going to do and okay. what I'm going to say, my job really is just to show up, sit, yeah. show up, and let go of me and my thoughts of who I am and what I should be doing, and just let the Holy Spirit operate within me during this time, and let myself rest in the rest of God during this yeah. time, during centering prayer. So that's some people don't know what to say to, during prayer and they're concerned, what should I say? Well, the, you don't have to worry about that during centering prayer. This is the type of prayer where you're just resting with God and letting the Holy Spirit do all the work, so to, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, 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 interesting. I love it. I love it, Rich. I love it. The fruit of center in prayer, what's that? We know about the fruits of the Spirit, you know, the, the long suffering and all of that love and so on. What's this? Fruits of sure. So, I mean, we obviously we enter centering prayer simply because we love God and we want to sit with God and we want to let God hold us and heal us and transform us. God seems to have other plans and seems to bless us with fruits. So we each each person seems to, the, the I, what I'll say is the fruits of centering prayer are, you know, are unique for each practitioner. So I can only speak for myself. So as okay. I look okay. back. As I look back at my at my centering prayer that I now that I've been doing it since June of 2014, it has blessed me with a number of fruits. You know, I'm a much yeah. more confident person in myself. I'm, I'm more ready to get out of my comfort zone and try and do new things. Mm -hmm. I, I have a bigger excitement for life, yeah. and I I seem to be better, um, less reactive to people and more willing to listen to people instead of reacting to something that someone said. Yeah, yeah. And I seem to get wisdom for tasks that I didn't know how to do. Um, later in the day, I seem to get kind of wisdom for tasks. So I, I've noticed mm -hmm. a lot of neat fruits from the practice in, in my own life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that's, 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 that's really important. But, but what, I, what I'd want you to, to do, if you may, Rich, you know, as I said, there's a, a, a sort of a, a Topology, if you might, might might say, as it relates to the fruits of the Holy Spirit, what what's that for you? Can you perhaps name some of the fruits that that you have um, achieved, so to speak, from center in prayer? Um, I mean, obviously, definitely joy and and, and peace and and gentleness with myself. Um, yeah. 
trying to. I'm terrible with remembering from the Bible because when I, yeah. I understand exactly what you're saying, <laughs> yeah, there's, right. fruits of, right. there's fruits of the spirits mentioned in, in in the Bible. So I probably they many of them probably are also fruits of okay. the practice. So I, I know their joy and kindness and and, and gentleness yeah, um, are are yeah. some of them. Yeah. What, what was? Go ahead. The, that joy, love, long suffering. Yeah, a few a few of them. Well, <laughs> like you, I thought, but um. The, the, what you're basically saying is that the, the center in prayer, it allows you over time to develop a certain, um, if I may, spiritual personality that, it, that, that you, can, you, you can, can name joy, peace, as you said, and, and so on. So I could perhaps develop um, a sense of um, um, persistence. You know, drive, drive. You know, something drive me to to basically achieve. And how how does that change? What type of fruits? I'm just trying to 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 find out what type of fruit persons would expect or should expect from center and prior. I, I, I mean, I guess just some of the fruits that I've experienced. So I, I think you know more patience with yourself and patience yeah. with others. Yeah. More 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 compassion with yourself and then as a result of more compassion with others. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think some people, some people centering prayer helps them realize God loves them. And once they begin realizing that God loves them, they can better love other people. So, so centering prayer helps us, I guess it helps us let God be God instead of us yeah. defining God. And then yeah. it helps us slow down and listen to the inner voice within us that tells us things we should be doing, you know, which include, you know, helping and servicing others and just being a better person in this world, loving others better, listening to others better, uh, no, being more open to other people and, and their ideas and just being with people instead of reacting to people and arguing with people, just sitting sure. and be, being with people. It, it helps us better understand that, that kind of thing. So it helps us really listen to the inner voice of God and what does God want us to do and how does God want us to act and how does God want us to love others in this world? Yeah, Rich, I, 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 I'm a believer in God and so on. I, I really do. And um, I'm, I'm going to pull you a bit um, respectfully. The, 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 how do we hear, right? How do we identify God speaking during center and prayer? I'm just pulling you a bit on that. Um, what do you think? How do we identify God speaking God to us? Voice. Yeah, God talking to, you know, true centering prayer. So, I mean, really during centering prayer, you're not, you're not even listening for anything. I mean, so the objective of centering prayer, and I know it's confusing to people, but it's, is yeah. you're not even trying to listen to anything. You're not trying to meditate on anything. You're just trying to clear your mind of all thoughts and emotions and just sit yeah. with God and let God act in you yeah. at, a, at a deeper level. It's really outside of the practice is when you notice the fruits of the practice and you notice the things that God has prayed in you during the practice. Does, does that make sense? So during the, pra during the practice, you're not, you're not talking to God and you're not trying to listen to God. You're just sitting with God, and th that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Procedure. Okay. 
I am going into center and prayer. I just perhaps find a, a, a quiet place, shut the door, clear everything out of my mind, you know, sort of a mental clearance, and, um, and, and just sit there, close my eyes, I guess, because I don't want to shut the, the, the environment out. But is it that this sort of technique is difficult for those of us who have challenges, problems in life, and even though we want to, to center on God, focus on God, it's really a difficult task to, to do? It can be for, for many. So I encourage people, you know, take baby steps. So maybe start with one minute or two minutes and work your way up to five minutes and 10 minutes and 15 minutes. So, but you're not, you're not failing at centering prayer. If you show up, you're doing it right. Okay. And then whenever you have these thoughts, <laughs> you use your sacred word to let go of your thoughts oh. and bring yourself back to the present moment. And then you let go of your sacred word. So if you think about it, if, if you had to come back to your sacred word 500 times, that's 500 times you returned to opening to the presence and actions of God within. That's 500 times you tried to bring your focus back to God. And that's, that's a good thing. That's, that's not yeah. a bad thing. So you haven't failed at centering prayer um, no matter how many times you have to use your sacred word to come back to the present moment and come back to God instead of thinking all the other things you were doing during your centering prayer sit. Okay. I, I am a psychologist, and I understand this thing about self-talk. Are you saying to me this secret word, well, word, not necessarily phrase, I, once I'm getting out of this connection, this focus in terms of centering prayer, I need to know, tap in that secret word into my, my mind, and it, it flushes out everything? Right. So, so, you know, if you're sitting here, your eyes are closed and yeah. you say your sacred word to start your prayer and okay. let go of it. And then all of a sudden you begin thinking, what am I going to do when I get up from my sit? Then you, mm -hmm. then you, then that's when you would then introduce your sacred word and say, you would let go of that thought and replace okay. it with your sacred word. And then yeah. let go, and then let go of your sacred word again. And then maybe 30 seconds later you go, I wonder what I should have for lunch. So then you would, so then you would bring the sacred word. You would let go of your thoughts of what do I want for lunch and replace it with your sacred word. And then maybe another thirty seconds goes on, and then you say, "But I am really hungry, and I can't wait to have lunch." So then yeah. you're, you're going to let go of that again and replace it with your sacred word. So whenever that that's kind of a pattern of, of what could happen in some people's yeah. cases. So you're replacing that thought with the word, sacred word, but then you're letting go of that sacred word as well. Okay. That secret word, is it, is there a specific type of word, perhaps a verb, a noun? Is there, is there anything specific about that secret word that you should have? I mean, it should really anyway. be short one, one, two or three syllables. So not something oh. very long. But and actually, some people use, so you can use a word if you're more of an auditory person. Yeah, I actually use an image. You can use an oh. interior image if you're more of a visual person. Mm. You can use your breath if you're more of a physical person. And then some people are afraid they'll fall asleep during centering prayer. 
because oh. they think I'm, I'm going to close my eyes and maybe I'm just going to take a nap. So um, <laughs> that some people center with their eyes open and just kind of stare at a spot three or four feet, three or four feet on the floor ahead of them. So you can actually use a cup. You can use different methods to bring yourself back to the present. Just use the same one during the sit. So you're not planning, okay, what's my next sacred word I'm going to use when I have another thought? You want to try to use the same word or the same image during your your sit. Yeah. You know, as you talk, this this came to mind. And 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 you know, I'd like you to 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 um trash this out for me. If I am doing center in prior, hypothetically, and I am thinking, oh, my rent has to be paid tomorrow. And then my secret word is tomorrow. You get what I'm saying? Is it too, not, but perhaps it's too close to, to my situation, to the challenges that I'm having. So it would bring me back into that challenge. Right. Then you may want to use a different word if it dawns on you that, you know what, this word isn't helping me and it's making me yeah. begin thinking of things I have to do tomorrow. Yeah, then you might yeah. want to pick a different <laughs> you might want to pick a different word or some people, they might use the word ocean. And oh. then they're spending they're spending their whole time <laughs> sitting about thinking about the beach and sitting on sitting there and having a good time. So then you might not want to use the word ocean either. So you, so you might want to think of something that you can use just to bring yourself back. Yeah but that you're not going to dwell on it. And you're also not going to, it's not also going to be, make you focus on something that's an upcoming concern or worry of yours. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. This is, a, this is an interesting, you're listening to <laughs> Kenny with Exploration. You're a topic in a podcast. I'm sitting in with Rich Lewis and um, Dr. Kenny with White, your host. Remember to subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube to rate, to comment, you know, give that thumbs up. And um, if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, you can subscribe as well, rate, and um, comment. Rich talking to us about center and prior, very, very unique um, practice, and you know, very interesting as well. Just getting yourself in focus and it's, don't think about anything. You know, <laughs> most of us will have challenge with it, but Rich is trying to to tell us how to get it done well. Rich, if if I if I said to you then that hey my I have dreams and goals but I am afraid to show up and take action on them. I am just I just can't be bothered. What would you say? What 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 would you recommend? Um yeah, I mean I guess I, I as we've been talking, you know, I, I think centering prayer, this type of practice connects you to your true self, which I think your true self um, aligns up with your dreams. And well, or it may not, I mean, maybe you have some dreams and goals in mind, but centering prayer connects you to your true self, which is what God and you together want to do, which might be a little bit different than what mm -hmm. I want to do. So I, I think centering prayer helps you uncover what your true self dreams and goals should be. <laughs> and then you can get up from your silent sits and begin to take an action on them. So it, it, it helps uncover them, um, what they are and what you should be doing. Or at least for me, it, it clearly has done that for me as, as I think oh, yeah. back yeah. from when I started centering prayer practice. 
practice to where I am now, it definitely is uncovering for me, you know, what things does God want me to do with, with my website and, and what speaking yeah. does God want me to do and what coaching does God want me to do and, and how does, what does God want me to teach in the community? So Centering prayer, I guess for me, has uncovered my true self dreams and goals that I know are what God wants me to do, which mm -hmm. often can be much better than what just Rich wants me to do, operating outside of God and, and God's nudges for my life. You know, someone had said something to me. Well, he actually said something to me, you know, saying that 18 hours. God perhaps is not blessing our lives. But we feel blessed. And we're saying, oh, I'm blessed. But it, it's maybe not what God wants us to be doing at, 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 at this point in time. So, therefore, center and prayer would perhaps be, be critical there. But do you think that, you know, a lot of times God really blessing individuals, even though they feel blessed? Is God blessing individuals... Even though they're, they're saying, hey, I am blessed because they look at blessing as having this nice house, this, this nice car. You know, the thing that people say, hey, I'm blessed. But do you think that most of the time God is really not blessing them? It's not a God blessing. Yeah, I, I guess I would agree. I, I would agree because, you know, I, I could look at my bank account and, and feel so proud of, of what I have, but I'm not really acting from you know, my true self and, 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 and is, am I helping people? Am I loving people? Am I serving people by having a large bank account balance could be one example or, or by yeah. having a large house. So I could feel blessed for what I have, but am I being maybe a blessing for others and, and, and loving and serving others? Or am I more focused on, you know, a material blessings yeah. you could say? Yeah. You know, when I, when I, when I asked you to come on and I was, you know, talk to a bit of my friends and say, hey, you know, Rich will be coming on and this is what Rich will be talking about. I reflected that and I'd said it, it, it said it in my in my introduction. I reflected on this this practice that we have. We all want to to arrive, to 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 do something. This existentially say if you're not doing, you're not living, so to speak. You're not existing, you know, if you're not growing. We want to study, go to university because we want to become, you know, some sort of professional, right? We want to get more money. We, we, um, we married because we want to have a successful family life and so on. There are ideals that we have, places that we want to go, futuristic, down the road, and we neglect what's going on now, today, at this moment in our lives. What do you think about that, that concept? That belief and how, how do we get rid of that? I know you're gonna say you know, center prayer. Yeah, I mean I think you're I think you're right. I think centering prayer helps us focus on the current moment and what we should be doing instead of being so future focused. So mm -hmm. I think yeah, I mean there's nothing wrong with thinking about the future, but yeah. I think we, we need like for example during COVID, you know, a practice such as centering prayer was very helpful for me and for others because it helped us let go of what we can't control and focus on, okay, what can I do right now? How can I react to this situation? What should I be doing? How should I be handling it? How should I be helping others? Yeah. So I, I think it is important um, 
with a contemplative practice such as centering prayer, it helps us live in the present moment and what actions should I take right now, not think of long-term, what are, what are some things, long-term goals I have, which are important, but it's yeah, important yeah. to, it's important to think about what do I need to do right now? What actions can I take right now? What steps can I take right now? Because I, I, I think that, and you, you may agree with me that we cannot neglect the, the, the now, right? Right. So, yeah. And, and, um, concentrate, focus on the future because we all know, and, and you're a spiritual brother, um, that, the future, we just never know anything can happen. I usually say life is like a bus. You never know where it will take you. So it's important also to concentrate on the now, um, I, I guess. Your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree. I mean, and, and, and even more important, just to be with people. If, if you're sitting with a friend or important person to you or even someone you don't know, you, you need to be fully present with them and listening to them, not thinking about something else, not planning what you're going to say. You just want to be present, fully <laughs> present with that person yeah, yeah. And, and listening to them. And, and so that, that that's very important. Just if, if, yeah. if I had something, I'm sitting with someone and someone and I needed to say something, I want that person to be fully present with me. I should be doing the same thing for someone else. I need to be fully yeah. present for them. I mean, many times I think, and including myself, perhaps yeah, get, yeah. Guilty, we're, we're, get guilty of this. We're thinking of what are we going to say instead of listening to them. Or we're thinking they say something and in our mind, we're thinking, I don't like what they're saying. Like all these things are going on in our mind. We should really just be present with someone, not judging them, not criticizing them internally with thoughts, just being present with them, with whoever that person is, whether it's a wife or a friend or even a, strange, a stranger that just needed someone to listen to them because they were having a hard day. Refocus. So yeah, you know, you know, Rich, <laughs> I love because, even if you know, it's, when you, know, you said that, or five minutes, thinking about what we're going to be saying, slowly work even before you finish. to 15 or 20 minutes yeah, as, as I say, well. You are so, so for I am me, I try well. to practice because I'm doing this in, doing it in this podcast. Yeah. And, and, and the thing, I, about, I the thing people, about it, Rich, is that that first start to be actively. We become less of an active listener because we are thinking, most people like that have tried even five minutes will tell me it really wasn't that bad. This is. And, and I think it's a learned behavior. Five minutes was in, not as long and it wasn't school. as brutal as they, as they thought it would be. Um, so I tell them, you know, to take person. baby Let's steps, work your way up, and then add a second sit. So you're and right. Then take baby <laughs> steps on that sit right. as well if you need to. Right. I, I think you'll be but, pleasantly um, surprised this, this, how the um, second sit can kind of help you. It's really critical. Re-energize you and and help you continue your day and finish your day strong. Sure. Is what um, I find. So it, I, I practice it twice. It's extremely helpful for me so when people um, are to do a second it sit, and it helps me really. It refreshes me, reconnects to me to God, and it's like a reset so button your day and helps me finish the day strong. However long that will be. So I'm gonna try it. It's just five I'm gonna try it. But but what I want you to do before we wrap up my day, whatever day of the week it is. So I encourage people to talk me through the procedure again. Do it first thing in the morning. If you're going to tell me what to do, just talk me through the procedure. And then I like to tell people. Okay. So centering prayer. You, you sit comfortably, sit mm -hmm. some point, close your so eyes, for 30 days, and then you'll use a sacred word. Okay. Again, and, and again, it should be something, you know, one, two, three syllables. And then as we discussed, if, if, it's, the, if it's the word ocean and you think you're going to just constantly focus on the ocean, then choose a different word. So choose a word that you don't think you're going to meditate on. You're just going to use it to bring yourself back to the present moment. So mm -hmm. sit comfortably, close your eyes. 
introduce this word, and then whenever you engage your thoughts, reintroduce this word to let go of those thoughts and replace the thoughts, but then let go of that word as well. And just keep repeating this when you need to. So sometimes you naturally bring yourself back. Other times you you find you have to use your word to bring yourself back. Yeah. And then don't use the word as a mantra. Just use it when needed. Okay. And then you can use a timer or you can use an application. You can use – there's a lot of timer app, apps on, on phones that you can use where you can set a timer for however long you're doing your sit. So – after 10 minutes when the bell chimes and your sit is over, you might sit for 30 seconds or so and then get up and just begin your day if it's the morning or resume your day if it's you know after lunch, for example, that you're doing your, your second sit. Yeah. But that's that's how you do the centering prayer. Does, does that help? Yeah, it does. I, I need to ask you this. You, you notice the, the, the challenges with mental illness. Even celebrities are having challenges. Um, depression... Um, anxiety, everything, right? They're having um, post-traumatic stress disorder. People are committing suicide, Rich. My question to you, how can Center and Prayer help? Right? Maybe, maybe we could read between the lines you know, as you, you have talked, but I want you to be specific. How can Center and Prayer help? Right? Especially those persons who might be watching now and, you know, contemplating suicide, who might be listening on their favorite podcast platform and contemplating suicide. Talk to us. Sure. So, so Centering Prayer, I guess the founders of Centering Prayer considered it divine therapy. So they, and I believe it too. So during Centering, we, Centering Prayer is a safe place or, or I'll put it this way. Our bodies hold a lot of repressed thoughts and tension. Mm -hmm. And you might know, you know, you might know I hear, yeah. I hold tension in my forehead or in my shoulders right. and, or you might know that you have. So centering prayer is a safe place where s sometimes these repressed thoughts and emotions that we didn't even know we have or tensions in our bodies can be naturally released and come out. And it, so it's a safe place for them to drop away, so to speak. And then the Holy Spirit can kind of fill that space that they that they were in. So the Centering Prayer founders considered it, and I agree, you know, they considered it to be divine therapy, a safe place mm -hmm. to sit, to let the emotional baggage and tensions of a lifetime kind of begin dropping out of our bodies. So mm -hmm. now it hasn't happened for me, but some people will say they'll start tearing during Centering Prayer and they don't know why. Or, or maybe they start unloading emotions that they didn't even know yeah. they have that go all the way back to childhood. So mm. that, that, that is a norm that can happen during centering prayer. But yeah. obviously if someone has, you know, had some very traumatic experiences in their yeah. life, they also should seek, you know, a professional. So you can do centering yeah. prayer and at the same time, seek, you know, the, the seek, you know, a professional, whether it's a psychiatrist or, or a psychologist to help you as well. You might need that type of help in addition to centering prayer. It doesn't replace a psychologist or, th or, a, right. or, um, psychiatrist. psychiatrist. It doesn't replace them for those people that have some really deep traumatic experiences that they need, you know, an expert's help with, mm -hmm. but centering prayer can, I think, complement a psychologist yeah. and a psychiatrist as well. 
And then it, I think in some cases for people that just have, you know, more mild depression or maybe oh, it's yeah. situ a situational depression where they've recently lost a job or they've yeah. had a kind of a, a something happen to them. Mm -hmm. it, centering prayer can be very helpful for I, I'll call it short term depression. But for people that have maybe real long term serious depression, it can be complement you know, a, a professional as well. D does that yeah. help? Yeah, it does. And, and um, I, I must, um, you know, support your saying that it's important to seek professional help. Right, yes, right. Yes, and prayer is important, but those of you listening and watching, it's important to seek professional help. Just recently in, 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 um, in my country, you know, um, a lady drove her vehicle off, you know, into the river, into a place we call um, Flatbridge, the, the river there, and... and um, it, it was said that, you know, she committed suicide. Somebody basically suggested that not, all, not every time we should say suicide because maybe she might have an uh, you know, heart attack or something and, you know, something went wrong. But despite that, people are having challenges. And as Richard, you know, was saying, hey, seek professional help, guys. Mental illness is a very serious situation, right? We all have stressful days. You know, depressive days, but um, when it becomes very major, we need to seek help. Please, please, Center in Prayer complements that, as Richard said, rightly said. So, yeah, pray and all of that, right? But seek help. Right, Rich? Right. Uh, well, can I say one, one more thing yeah, on that, ahead. actually? Because I was reading a book um, by Martin Laird, and he talked about depression and contemplative prayer. One right. thing that contemplative prayer can do is because you, as you practice long term, you, you cultivate the ability to observe your thoughts and let go of your thoughts. So you can even someone who has mild depression or even very serious right. depression, mm -hmm. you can begin to realize I'm depressed. These are my thoughts. They're not me. And you can kind of look at them and say, I am depressed, but that's not who I am. Yeah. I mean, you still obviously might need the help of a psychologist or, or yeah. a psychiatrist, yeah, sure. but a practice such as this helps you separate, you know, take a step back yeah. and observe, be more of the observer and say, I am depressed, but that's not who I am. These are these are my thoughts, and and that can, that can be helpful for some people too. Is to realize that yes, I am depressed, but that's not my true self, and that's not who I am. These are these are thoughts that I have that I know I'm struggling with and, yeah, and need yeah. some help with. Right. But you can create a space between your depression and be the observer of your depression. If if I'm making sense. Yeah, you are. No, indeed, you you are making sense, and, and I'm sure that. You know the audience and the viewers basically understood the the whole thing, but the the this center and prayer thing it's very very interesting. And I said to you, Rich, I will try it. I'm sure that others will try it. I want you to um, repeat your contact. It's 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 scrolling across the screen here for those watching on YouTube, but um, those listening on their favorite podcast platform would like to hear. So if you could just um, repeat them for us, please. The sure. I mean, the, the best place to find me is, is silenceteaches.com. And then, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, when they subscribe to my website, they'll automatically get my free short ebook on centering prayer. 
And then if they want to explore even further, they can, they can check out my book, you know, Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. And information about my book is, is also on my website. Right. So silenceteaches.com is, is the easiest place to find me and learn more about Centering Prayer. Right. And Instagram, Rich underscore Lewis 3. Twitter, at Rich Lewis 01. And YouTube channel, right? Silence teaches. Right, right. I, I'll, yeah, I put yeah. stuff out on YouTube. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll from time to time do Facebook Lives and oh, then I'll cool. save the video and put it on YouTube, is what I do. So that's hey. so what you, so if you miss my Facebook Live, you'll see it on YouTube as a permanent, you know, video sitting out there on right. my YouTube channel. Right. Hey, I have so many guests, you know, right? And um, you are one of them. And I'm going to be in touch. I'm going to be watching you, you know, looking at your stuff and so on. And yeah, so you're, you are part of the, the friendship circle now, right, Rich? And uh, keep, keep praying, you know, and, and um, you know, pray for the nation, pray for the world. And um, it's, it's very critical. We have to do that. And um, Rich, you have been doing a, a good job. And um, especially as it relates to to the development of um, the concept of, of Christianity and, and um, love for God and so on. And as well as dealing with mental illness, because that can also, center and prayer can also help in, in um, curtailing the, the challenges that people are having. Rich, thank you. Thanks. Rich. Thank you for having me on. It was it was a pleasure. To, I appreciate you inviting me on to talk to your community, and and I hope um, it'll be helpful for them. Yes, Richard, it will be. Right, uh, I will talk with you. Thanks, Rich. Take, Take care. care. Bye bye. Bye. Right. Nice. That that was Rich Lewis. A very rich presentation. He has the center and prior concept, which is very interesting. And uh, I'm going to try it, and I hope that you guys will try it. He had explained um, what it is and, and how you go about doing it. I'm going to watch this video again so that I, I can remember the whole procedure, right? And um, you should watch it again. And um, remember to subscribe, to rate, to, to comment, and to also share so that others can be a part of this center and prior um, concept. And silence teaches us how to find really our true self and silence also help us to to be in touch with self to be in touch with self and 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 we need to understand that we are still in a pandemic guys we are still in a pandemic distance social distance is important wash your hands the whole hygiene thing very critical it's still as we say in jamaica uh, covid still playing right so it, it's it's around us and um we we should Wear a mask, very important. And I'm an advocate of the vaccine. I'm not telling you to take it, but I'm encouraging you to take it. I've done, I've, I've taken my um, Pfizer two doses. Not, well, the, the, the side effect was just a pain in the arm and a slight headache. And I am good. Oh, two months now, right? So go ahead, take your vaccine. Do what you need to do to ensure that we go back to not some form of normalcy because we'll never go back to normal i don't think so but some form of normalcy to ensure that we go back to some form of, of of normal normalcy so to speak and um 
and um, we'll be able to to get back into the classroom, into the the workplace, and um, start the wheels of production um, again in, in a more um, intensive way. Thanks for watching Can You Exploration, your topic in a podcast. Thanks for listening, those of you on your favorite podcast platform. Join us again next week. We'll be having a number of other um, series. We'll be looking at talk, sex, and relationship. There's this new thing, that, that, that concept I call sex around. Uh, we talk about sex and relationship. It, it's, it's adult, right? And, and we'll talk. And um, they, we will also talk to some of our talents, you know, have, have some talents in, in our summer talent um, show that we, we are planning, we have been planning, and it starts next week as well. Take care. Take care and be safe, really. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.